This is Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show, and Ella's Leash Production. Heard as a podcast around the world, but heard first on radio stations 100.7 WHUD-FM and Real Country 920, 1260, and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Shine On, bringing you healers and dreamers and people who want to make life richer. It's your time to shine on. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you for shining on today. I love our little get-togethers. Thank you so much for listening. Ladies, have you joined a circle of women on Facebook? I wish you would. We did something new this week. I started a new fitness plan, and because I absolutely need community to help me through anything, we formed a circle of sweat. Yep, it's working. We're sweating, and we're encouraging each other to do the same. There is some amazing encouragement right here in this show today. You're going to meet Margot Schulman. She is a coach here in the Hudson Valley. She has a new book out. And we travel across the seas to talk to Gary John Bishop. I don't care that he calls me Stacy. I don't care that he has a potty mouth. I don't care that you need to lean in to really listen to him. I care that he truly pushes us to grow. The author of Unblank Your Life and Stop Doing That Blank is now back with the Unblank Yourself workbook. What doesn't work in your life? What are you really afraid of? What are you truly capable of? He's Scottish and he's pluckish. And here's how our most recent call went. Stacy, this is Gary Fisher. I'm sorry for being a minute late. <laughs> You're the best. A minute is nothing between friends. Welcome back for the third time. Awesome. Thanks. It's great to be with you again. Again. Now listen, you knew we needed the workbook. You knew we wanted to fix our lives, but you know, we read the book and we felt so good. And now you've given us the workbook to take us across the finish line. Tell us about it. One of the things that I noticed when I looked at my own life was I was always, well, I wasn't always, but I became clear about where I needed to start. And uh, I heard this from people like, I love this book. It's made a difference with this thing or that thing, but I'm looking at a mountain. How do I start? You know, how do I start? And so in this workbook, I've, I've, I've split it up into three areas. It's specifically what you need to work on with yourself and how to take all that apart and what, what are you looking for here. And then how to take on some of the most important relationships. You're like, how do you do that? And not just a bunch of gobbledygook, but actually how you do it. And then the final piece that I want people to really dive into is what are you currently using your life for? And it's in my usual kind of inimitable style, too. (laughs) Oh, yeah. No, there's nobody like you. There's nobody (laughs) like you. I love the picture on the cover of the book. It's it's, um, a fist holding a bunch of pencils because it's going to do the work now in the workbook. And it has a lot of of, uh, words written across the hand in the fist. And one of them is self-doubt. How do we get in touch with our own self-doubt? What does that inner dialogue sound like? One of the most challenging things you can have or you can do, in my view, is, is distinguish or identify the difference between your life and your self-talk about your life because it seems like they're so interconnected. But mostly when we talk about our self-talk, what we're talking about is it seems like we're reporting on how we're feeling. Like, I feel a certain way and the, and the language I'm using to describe how I'm feeling is just a description. It doesn't seem to me like how I'm talking to myself and how I feel are actually in a dance with each other. So if you if you look in your own life, you'll see all the places that don't work in your life. And in that, you'll also see you talking yourself either into or out of something. 
that talking yourself into or out of is very much given by your fears, your doubts, right, your inhibitions. And if you keep scraping away at that, you'll see it's mostly based on nothing anymore. It's stuff that happened a year ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and that you're being guided by something that really you shouldn't be guided by at all. Okay. So when we find ourselves trying to talk ourselves into something or out of something, if we pay attention to that, we're going to find out what we're afraid of. For sure. For sure. And most of our fears are inauthentic. They're not based on any reality. What was your self-doubt all about when you took a look at your life? Yeah, I mean, a lot of mine was given by, you know, what I'd accepted as true growing up. You know, like, guys like me don't do this or that. Guys like me don't do that or this. I kind of settled into a life that I thought was making the best of what was available. When ultimately what it came down to, I was making the best of what I thought was available. I didn't realize that I could have that life if I just give myself to it. And, and ultimately, I guess that's what I want all people to get. You're not living the best life you could. You're living the best life you think you could, which is very different. Wow. 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 And, and imagine what could happen if you took a few steps forward. You said you want people to look at what they're using their life for. It's obvious to us right. you're using your life now to help other people live a better life. Right. Uh, right. What are most of us living our life for? Well, uh, the same stuff that I've spent the first 40 years of, of my life living it for, which was I lived my life for some kind of knowable success were for, for partnership or love with some, with another person, which ultimately came down to personal security. Um, I lived it for vacation, for my bills, you know, uh, occasionally reaching for a dream, which, all, which again, was usually within some kind, of, some kind of range that I thought I could do. It was all very ordinary and all very self-serving. I never really woke up until I realized my influence, or rather my lack of influence. That was an eye-opener. Like, I'd, I'd, I'd spent 40 years of my life picking fluff at my belly button. <laughs> right. So so you woke up to your own influence? Is that what you said? Yeah, well, it was more like my lack of influence. I, I didn't realize that I, that I... First of all, I don't think you live a life in the full knowledge and in the presence of the difference we make and the difference you're currently making. Most of it subconsciously and most of it negative. You're not having the kind of influence that you could have. And so there's no direction for a life. And I'm saying that, you know, in full knowledge of the vast majority of how my life has been lived, you know, that I've got to kind of wake up to something, that I've got my eyes open to something. I want everybody to get a bit of that, you know. Right. I want everybody to get your eyes open to not only who you are, but who you could be. And that's, a, that's an interesting world to set yourself in. Yeah. That is the life of who I could be. And, and you start to kind of eat away at that and put that together for yourself. Like, to have the life that you would say is one that was worth living. We're going to need a little courage for this. Can you help us in the courage department? No, you're screwed. (laughs) 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 So we can all live with this notion that we're going to need something, right? And 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 look, again, I've coached lots and lots and lots and lots of people. And, you know, I've had lots of transformations myself. And And I do realize, like... It's true courage that can be found in the actions that you take in the absence of courage, right? I mean, the stuff you're courageous about, you know, you have that experience of like, oh, I'm doing this, right? Uh, which is more like kind of confidence and courage in my view. 
I, I really feel as if the greatest things I've ever done were the actions that I took when every fiber of my body was screaming, I can't do it. That that was the presence of something that had never been there before for me. Like I backed off when faced with that. So it's not about being fearless. It's about acting with fear. It's not about having courage. It's about acting in the absence of courage. It's about stepping out there and taking whatever comes your way. And the surprising thing is you'll find you're equipped for what's coming your way, even though you might not think you are. Wow. All right. I'm going to take your word for it. <laughs> I'm going to take your word Good. for it. When we do, do it. When we do the work with you, Gary John Bishop, and your new workbook, how much how much time do we need to put into this book? It's, it's a, that's an awesome, awesome, awesome question. Um, like with everything that I do, it's not the, what I've written in the book that's going to make the difference. It's what's between the lines. It's the thinking and the writing and the realizations that you're doing. And I'm really encouraging people in this book to think way beyond their everyday, what I would call thoughting, which is different from thinking. And so you could you could fire through this book in an afternoon. You could fire through it. But I encourage you to take the time, and only you'll know the time. So it might take you two days or four days or three weeks. You might want to spread that out and say, you know, I really want to, I really want to glean something from this book. Um, so I think it's very dependent on the individual. But you know, there's a big difference between, you know, a luxurious latte from some of the finest Italian restaurants and a cup of Starbucks via. Mm. And uh, it's, it, it does come down to time with both of those things. Right, right. All right, right. page 65. If this relationship was finally unblanked, uh, what could you do or be that you currently feel you're not free to do or be? That's an amazing thought. Right. Now, if we right. explain, explain what you mean by explain what's going on here with this exercise. Right. All right. If you pick a relationship in your life, and just to kind of conjure this up in the mind of your listeners right now, pick, pick a relationship in your life that doesn't work right now. And if you start to think about what that's like for you to have that relationship not work, right? I mean, so if there's a certain kind of burden on you or a constraint at the very least, uh, mostly... We get so used to the constraint, we just kind of shrug our shoulders. But in this book, you'll get to reveal what it's really like for you. Now, if you could also imagine, you've got to bring a sense of wonder to this. You've got to set aside all your reasons and all your explanations as to why this relationship is the way it is. If you could imagine that relationship actually worked, like it worked, right? So it might be with a parent. It might be with somebody, you know, your a loved one, like somebody, your partner or a sibling or a workmate. Imagine that relationship worked. What would that be like for you? What would you get to do then? Or who would you get to be then that you currently don't get to do or you currently don't get to be? And that's when you start to get the cost of your relationship being the way they are. I mean, you get the cost of your relationship being the way they are. It's often just all the incentive you need to yeah. get yourself off of a certain view that you have or a certain thing you're dug in about. Right. Is, is every relationship fixable to some degree? Every relationship can work. It doesn't mean it's happily ever after, right? I mean, but you can make a relationship work. There's a workability to it. Uh, you can have a relationship with somebody that you've resented for 30 years and no longer resent them anymore, right? And you can, you can learn how to powerfully even complete relationships that don't work. And when I say complete, I'm not like, I'm done with you, you're out. That's not completing, and it's cutting. It's never a good idea for a human being. You have to find a way to get them complete for yourself, which sometimes includes that they're complete too. But there is a way to, to work all of your relationships in such a way that you're 
nurtured by them, you're inspired by them, you're elevated by them, and you're elevated by who you are in them. Um, and that's completely possible. All right. All right. We're sending everybody to work. Do the work. The new book from Gary John Bishop. Where can we go for more about you, sir? All right. Well, obviously, you know, all the good social media channels, so like Twitter and Instagram, pretty big on Instagram these days, Facebook, of course. Um, but you can also catch me on my website, GaryJohnBishop.com. You can sign up there for newsletters and all kinds of cool stuff that I send people from time to time. Um, and, you know, like I'm committed that people get as much free stuff from me as is possible. So, again, YouTube, you can subscribe there and see videos and all kinds of great insights that I give people on how to live your greatest life. That's Gary John Bishop, the one and only. The new book, The Unblank Your Life Workbook. Do the work. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you for listening to Shine On, the Health and Happiness Show. I hope you'll stop by my website so we can connect. K A C E Y dot C O. That's K A C E Y dot C O. Why Casey dot co and not Casey dot com? Somebody owns Casey.com. They're not using it. I was told I could buy it for thousands of dollars. Casey.co is like 99 cents. It works. I hope you'll stop by and connect with me there. Coming up, a big aha for me, and maybe for you too, from life coach Margot Shulman. That's next. At CBD Live Natural, their goal is to bring their customers the best all-natural products. There is a solution to change your quality of life that will help you live naturally without prescription drugs, which means you'll feel your best. CBD aids with health issues from fibromyalgia to anxiety, joint pain and eczema, acne, and so much more. The staff at CBD Live Natural really know their products, which helps them determine what's best for you, from oils and lotions and creams to candles, edibles, and even pet products. At CBD Live Natural, they don't just sell the products, they're consumers just like you. So you can trust them to recommend the best all-natural products to help you live natural and feel great doing it. CBD Live Natural stores can be found in Bedford Hills, the Westchester Mall in White Plains, and the Stanford Town Center in Stanford, Connecticut. Or you could shop online at their website anytime. CBDLiveNatural.com Hi, it's Casey. Thank you for tuning in today. Margot Schulman is a life coach here in the Hudson Valley, a love and relationship coach. And she says, use the trigger as the wake-up call. Let the thing that upsets you be the same thing that reminds you to pause. Take breath. Margot Schulman has a lot of good ideas in her new book called Choose Love. My message is all about choosing love in all your relationships. I see everything in terms of relationship, your relationship to yourself, your relationship to your business, your kids, your romantic partners, everybody. And so looking at it from the lens of how can I choose love and and then going from there. And what does that look like? The first step is just presence to let yourself see the truth, hear the truth of the other person or the parts of you that maybe you've been hiding from or you've been avoiding looking at and letting yourself really accept what's there. Because so often, for instance, you know, in our relationships with our kids, we want them to be a certain way, right? We have our own views, our own dreams for them. And so it causes us to avoid just really seeing them for who they are and their unique individuals. So that's the first step. And in the situation, for instance, with your relationship with yourself, 
to create that space in yourself, to just acknowledge whatever parts of yourself you may have been ashamed of or afraid of, whether it's your temper or things you've done in the past that you feel shame or regret about, to just take take some time to stop trying to push them away, to stop fighting yourself about those things. And then from there, once you work on the presence and acknowledgement, to really look to build trust in all your relationships. A big part of my message is that so many people, it's so common now to talk about self-love. You know, we have to we have to love ourselves. You have to love yourself from tampon commercials to, you know, all of all of the well-meaning, well-intentioned bloggers. But there's not that many people saying how you actually begin to love yourself or how you have more loving relationships with other people in your life. To me, you can't go from hate or aggression in a relationship automatically to love, right? You have to build. You build towards love through building trust. To me, choosing love sounds like the culmination of a great deal of work. It's it's very few people's uh, go-to situation, mm-hmm. whether it's in a boardroom or in a subway or uh, in a supermarket line. Our human nature is to protect ourselves and protect our mm-hmm. surroundings and not to open up. Choosing love uh, and seeing what's in front of you, I would imagine that right there is not something that can be done instantaneously, right? So I don't actually recommend choosing love as the first step. To me, the first step is awareness, is presence. I agree, you have to build to love. You know, I love your example of sitting on the subway, right? You can't just open your heart and be like, oh, I'm going to love everybody on the subway car with me right now, right? But to bring to bring awareness to what's happening, and it's, and it's a very internal process. To me, again, you, you're bringing presence to yourself. So to use your example, if you're sitting on the subway, to let yourself be aware, okay, what am I what am I feeling right now? Am I feeling comfortable in my skin? Am I thinking about the conversation I had an hour before? Am I scared of the person that's sitting across from me? And just really building up that um, that relationship with yourself. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. So give us a few ways we can put your ideas into practice. So one thing I love sharing with clients is the idea of using triggers in the world as like little dings to remind you to come back to presence. So for instance, sitting in traffic, right? It's so easy for us to get irritated and and to go to get triggered into anger or frustration, but to actually start to create the habit of whatever is most annoying in your life, let that be the thing that reminds you to come back to your presence, to just being with yourself. So for instance, like I'm driving the car and my two kids are are squabbling in the back, right? And I find myself starting to get irritated and wanting to yell at them. In that moment, I can say to myself, oh, okay, this, this is a moment I'm feeling my anger start to rise. I'm feeling myself get frustrated. Oh, I'm going to take a couple of deep breaths and let my awareness settle in and just notice, oh, here I am. I'm feeling annoyed. I'm feeling frustrated. Not try to change it to just be present in that moment with what's with what's happening. And just that step alone can often shift what's what's happening emotionally and it will get you out of reaction mode and into a more calm, centered, grounded place. Right. Got it. What else? 
So this is a great thing to do also um, in in arguments, you know, in discussion with loved ones when when there's a difference of opinion or you find yourself, you know, escalating, the argument is escalating or the discussion is escalating and it's so easy to get um, to get caught up, you know, and to just spiral, spiral into louder voices or miscommunication. And again, to remember, oh, this is a perfect moment for me to come back to myself and to think what would be a loving choice right now, loving both to myself and loving to the other person in the situation. And again, to remember the people who trigger us the most are the ones that we love the most, right? And so to remember in that moment, we're not enemies. We actually love each other. We're on the same team. Let me come from that place instead. Okay, very good. I like that. I'm I'm not sure the people we love the most often trigger us because sometimes if, you know, you watch certain news channels, it's the people you love the least that can also trigger mm. you as well. I love Definitely. the idea as mm-hmm. using the trigger as the reminder to say, mm-hmm. all right, I'm totally freaking out right now. Yeah. I, I think I'll choose love in this moment. When you talk about choosing love, what are you doing? Is that just a mindset or is it just a different path? What does choosing love feel like to you? Thank you. I like that question. That's part of the work, too, is figuring out for each person what that means. For me, it means feeling connected to my heart and remembering remembering the connection I have. So whether that's the connection I have to myself or the connection I have to to anybody else in my life, you know, and it even can be with people that trigger us on TV, you know, remembering we're all human and that doesn't excuse bad behavior. It doesn't, doesn't make up for all of the evil that humans do to each other, but to just kind of have that baseline of there's a human I'm a human. I can look for compassion or I can look for understanding in this situation and to, to have that as the baseline. Right. See what I mean? How many times a day do you choose love? Um, probably hundreds. <laughs> right. Of the day. right, right, right. So this is this practice is a conscious awareness yeah. not to go down the rabbit hole. Exactly. Now, exactly. when we learn to consistently choose love, what happens? Ooh, um, there's a lot, a lot more feelings of peace and connection and ease in life. You know, all of this I developed through my own work and my own struggles in relationships. And so I can say for myself, it's one of the hugest things that feels so good is there I have a freedom in my head. I don't have self-judging, critical voices in my head all day long the way I used to, which is amazing. Yeah. You know, and when you get when you can have that space in your own head, it frees everything up. You know, it it frees up room for fun and joy and connection with other people, and you know, a lack of taking things personally when someone does something that that doesn't feel good to me, I know, oh, that's that's not because I'm a bad person. It's not because they don't like me, whatever, any of those voices. It's just, oh, they're, you know, they're doing their thing. I don't like it, but it doesn't have to mean anything about me. And so, yeah, it's it's led to much more connection and ease and peace in, in my relationship to myself, in my daily life, and in all of my relationships with other people. Right. Because when you start to choose love and self-compassion, you have to let yourself off the hook for every every little thing for for every thought for every misstep for every uh, big mistake and small mistake the immediate response has to be to yourself 
I got you. It's okay. That's, you know, you're human. I love you. Right? That's choosing love first at home, which I've gotten pretty good at that one. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) Um, And and I find myself uh, choosing love, you know, when I'm far away from the people who drive me crazy. I can can Mm. send them love. All right. Before we close up, give us Mm -hmm. one more exercise from your book that we can use today. One of my favorites is practicing gratitude. And there's a million different ways you can do that. You know, you can do it first thing every morning when you wake up. It's human nature seemingly to wake up and think, oh, my my knee hurts or I feel stiff, right? But to, again, consciously with intention, create a new habit. So you wake up and you just either in your mind or in a journal or out loud, you say five things you're grateful for. You know, it could just be, I'm grateful I woke up this morning. I'm grateful I have a bed. You know, and you start practicing that, and it, it really is amazing how much that can shift your thinking into, into noticing more things you're grateful for. How do you do your gratitude every day? I do them twice. So I do them with my kids at dinner. We go around the table, and we each say something that we're proud of ourselves for and something that we're grateful for. And we actually also do something that we failed at that day because I think it's important to encourage my kids to know that failure is how we learn and and how we grow. So I do it with my kids at dinner and then I do it before I go to bed. I just, as I'm laying down to go to sleep, I just say it out loud and and kind of thank the universe for, for a few things every day. That's Margot Schulman. Look for her book, Choose Love, A Simple Path to Healthy, Joyful Relationships. Hi, it's Casey. Again, thank you so much for tuning in today. Our thought for the day is from our first guest, Gary John Bishop. Inaction breeds doubt and fear. Action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, do not sit home and think about it. Go out and get busy. Shana. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show for your entertainment only. Heard Sunday mornings on 100.7 WHUD and on Real Country's 920, 1260 and 1420 AM, all in New York's Hudson Valley. Subscribe to Shine On on iTunes and SoundCloud and catch a show anytime at Casey.co. That's K-A-C-E-Y dot C-O. Shine On.